Psalm 23, verse 4 and 5. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Well, one of the major roles of any shepherd is to protect the sheep. And sheep, as we've been saying, are considered one of the most defenseless and vulnerable of all animals. And as God's sheep, to survive the many challenges that are going to confront us, the setbacks, the, the difficulties, the attacks, in what is often an unjust world, what we need to do is stay very close to our shepherd Jesus in order for him to protect us. So let's look at David in 1 Samuel 17, where as one of the great shepherds, he protected the sheep. In verse 34 and verse 35, 1 Samuel 17, we read, But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. David was a great shepherd, and he diligently looked after the sheep, especially when they got into trouble. How much more our great shepherd is going to watch over and look after us? The Bible calls Satan a lion, and our shepherd can protect us from the lion's attacks. Now, when you think of the animal kingdom, it's quite interesting, because uh, most of them have given, been given ways to protect themselves. Let me give you a list. Dogs have teeth and can bite as some of you may have experienced. Tigers, cheetahs, cats have speed and claws. Birds can fly. Monkeys can climb. Elephants have size and tusks. Turtles have a shell. But the poor old sheep has no bite, no kick, no claws, can't run fast, it can't jump high. Add to that, it's not able to discern danger when it is nearby. It can't sense it. And if it does, it does not fight. So Isaiah 53 verse 7, a sheep before its shearers is silent. Have you ever wondered why in wild game parks you virtually never find sheep? because they can't protect themselves. They would just get eaten up and bashed up and killed, and somehow it would all go wrong for them. So a sheep is unable to protect itself unless it makes sure it's close to the shepherd. As soon as there's trouble, a lion... A bear, whatever coming, the shepherd will be vigilant like David was to protect the sheep. 1 Peter 5 verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know, I repeat that verse quite a few times because one of the reasons I think most of us forget it. A lot of the time we just forget that everywhere, all around us, the enemy is seeking to cause us difficulty and trouble. If we're not aware of that, we can easily be you know, attacked and even defeated at times. So it all leads to that simple conclusion that as God's sheep, as we stay close to Jesus, 
He can protect us. As we know, it is a very dangerous world in which you and I live today. And Christians who stray away from the shepherd and away from the flock, think of it in the natural, they are in grave danger. And trouble is always near, and they're easy prey for the wild animals, for the lions, the bears, whatever else might be out there. To walk away from God, or to even distance yourself from God and from His people and even from church, can I say, is incredibly dangerous. The consequences, and too many people have experienced it, have been just tragic. You know, lives is completely destroyed and devastated. And, uh, you know, we need to be reminded again of the incredible importance of staying close to the shepherd, but also staying close to church and in fellowship with God's people. And as parents come to church every Sunday, I suggest, even if you don't like it here, even if you hate the preaching, come for the sake of your children. With children listen with their eyes. The prodigal son thought he could make it alone. So he left the father's house, took the inheritance, said, I'm going to go and make a life for myself. We know what the result was. He ended up in the pig's pen. The roaring lion got the better of him, and he was totally defeated. Thankfully, the prodigal son came to his senses, and he returned to the father. He returned to the shepherd. And... Uh, you know, one of the sad aspects, I think, of my job over many, many years is watching, you know, one-time Christians who are zealous, on fire, serving, involved, slowly but surely begin to slide away. Now, listen, how it happens is it doesn't happen like one day they say, right, that's it, I'm not going to go to church for a month or two months. No, no, it's little by little because we feel comfortable with a little drawing back. Then a little bit more drawing back, and a little bit more Before we know it, we've drawn well away from the flock, well away from our great shepherd, only to find uh, many of these people that I know have literally been savaged by the lion. And uh, in many cases, the families suffer with them. And it's a great heartbreak for the parents or with the children or the relatives or whoever it might be. And yet the solution is so simple. If you know of people who have wandered away, if you've wandered away yourself, it's so simple. Just come back to the shepherd. Jesus is waiting with outstretched arms to embrace you, receive you, love you, not lecture you, but bless you and do you good. He's always waiting and ready to receive his children when they lose their way. And you know, sheep that get isolated from the flock... You think of it out on the fields there, out on the hills, they're isolated. They're sort of the flocks here, and they're just sort of somehow out there. Well, of course, that's the one that the, the lions and the wild animals are going to go after. They're not going to go after the flock, those that are caught in the flock here. There's protection there. But the one that's sort of drifted out onto its own is the one that is in the greatest of danger. And so, you know, they say even dumb sheep are smart enough 
If they stray, once they sense danger, to run back to the flock. And you've seen it happen. And you see it in, you know, on, on TV and things like that. So, you know, as, as sheep, hopefully, that aren't dumb, <laughs> if we do drift away at the first sign of danger or trouble, run back to fellowship, run back to the shepherd, run back to God's people and be cared for and looked after. You know, when some Christians wander away, and you know them, wander away from church, wander away from a small group, we feel we don't want to hound them. We don't want to chase them. You know, like, we'll make them feel bad. They'll be condemned. They'll say, hey, look, leave me alone. You know, we can fear those kind of responses, or we make them, you know, they sense that they feel pressure to respond. But just think for a moment of the great shepherd, Jesus. If one of his, according to Scripture, if one of his sheep stray, wander away, he chases after them. He runs after them. To, to do, he does anything he can to bring them back. You know why? He knows that they are in grave danger. And so the motivation is love. Motivation is concern for a sheep lest it get taken out by, by the wild animals and in our case by the devil himself. But the motivation is God's love and concern for that person. Look, honestly, let me be truthful with you. I think we greatly underestimate the danger of people being away from God. The danger of people being away from fellowship. We just think, oh, well, they're taking time out. They're having a bit of a break. No, friends, it's, it is really risky business. And some of them actually never make it back, which is tragic. And at the end of the day, could even end up in eternity in the wrong place. Let's move on from there. Psalm 23 and verse 4 says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The shepherd had a rod and he had a staff. And what they were used for were, one, to count the sheep, but also to protect them from wild animals. And many verses speak about the Lord protecting us. One of the verses God's given me over the years that I've uh, laid hold of is Isaiah 54, verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Let's say that one together. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Genesis 15, uh, 1. After these things, the Lord said to Abram, and a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. I remember, oh, 10, 15 years ago, having this amazing, amazing experience of God's protection in a different kind of a way, which, uh, which is great because His protection is in all areas. And so there was a person that was really upset with me. Now, I just can't understand why that could ever happen, but uh, <laughs> it's happened once in my lifetime. All right. There might be a few more. But look, there's no one here, so just relax. All right. So what happened? They wanted to see me, which was fine. And I, I knew this was going to be pretty, pretty intense. So we sat down and I remember the office, remember even where I was sitting. And the person got going and they let rip. <laughs> they just launched into me. Well, as they did, initially I was thinking, whoo, I knew it was going to be bad, but not that bad. But as I was speaking, it's like this invisible shield window just came down in front of me. And it's like every word that was said just hit that shield. And I just sat there thinking, man, this is not touching me. I feel so relaxed. I feel so peaceful. And even after the conversation had finished, 
as difficult as it was, I walked out of that room with amazing peace and feeling absolutely great. My God is able to protect us, you know, in difficult situations. So don't underestimate his ability to bring protection into areas of your life. Don't limit it just to physical protection. It's in all kinds of areas that he is willing to come alongside us and look after us. You know, we all know how much damage words can do, and I think that's why God protected me so much. That old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never harm me is just a load of utter nonsense. We all know that words can damage us and harm us very deeply. But as we stay close to Jesus, he can protect us from all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You know, one of the ways that God protects us is by training us or helping us to hear his voice. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And so when the shepherd out in the field saw a sheep in danger, he'd just call out to that sheep. And it would hear him and be drawn to him and drawn away from danger. Because they would know his voice, and the shepherd would make them aware of the danger immediately he saw it. Now God wants to warn you and warn me of danger if it is approaching us. And John G. Lake, that great man of God, one day he's driving along, and he hears his voice to say to him, pull over to the left side of the road. He was on the right-hand side. It must have been in America or wherever they do that. <laughs> and, um, but to go to the left side would break the law. But he'd walked with God so much, and here's the key again, isn't it? He knew the voice of God. So he obeyed, and he pulled over to the left, and stopped as close to the ditch as he could and waited. Well, it wasn't long before this truck comes roaring down the, the road. It's out of control, and it's on a 45-degree angle coming straight down the road. And if John G. Lake had stayed in the car driving as he was, the truck would have hit him and pushed his car 100 feet over a bank, and he probably would have lost his life. But God warned him. God spoke to him. And uh, eventually the truck was able to right itself and everything was okay. And so as we learn to remain sensitive to the Holy Spirit, sensitive to the voice of God, he can, he can speak to us. He can warn us if we're heading in a wrong direction. It may not be in a, in a setting of a car, but it may be just in an attitude that we're starting to develop in our hearts. And it's almost like God says, hey, hey, don't go there. Pull it back. And you hear the voice of God. He warns you. You know, Scripture is given. One of the main things for Scripture is for correction and for warning. And so it speaks to us. And so, you know, I'll hear a voice behind you. You'll hear a voice behind you saying, no, this is the way. Walk ye in it. And I think when we're straying off the path in body, soul, or spirit, or in any way in our walk with God, we're, we're just not quite getting it right. God can speak to us. He can warn us. And if we hear his voice and heed what he is saying, then we will be protected from a lot of difficulties that we need not suffer. Well, even though sheep are one of the weakest, most vulnerable, and defenseless of all animals, 
consider 2 Corinthians chapter 12. All right, let's go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to read verses 9 and 10. These are great verses. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. There you go. Do you want to know God's perfect strength in you? It comes in the area where you're actually weak. Because that's where you really depend on Him. Therefore, most gladly, I'd rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me. Therefore, I take pleasure in weakness, being defenseless, being dumb, being a, being a sheep, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So don't despise areas of weakness in your life, but in them cry out to God because God can make your, your greatest weaknesses your greatest strengths. Why? Because in those areas, you're more likely to cry out to God, lean on Him, trust Him, reach out to Him, and He can come and empower you and strengthen you and help you in those areas. So even though sheep are weak and defenseless, like, and we can be that as well, uh, that we can also be very strong and have great defense and be, be, um, uh, be able to counter the attacks of the enemy because of God being with us and in us and helping us. Where we are weak, He can make us very strong. How awesome is the God that we serve. Our, God, our shepherd, who is he? He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is our deliverer. He's our defender. He is the mighty God. When threatened by the devil, our shepherd says, go ahead, make my day. <laughs> so, how can we protect ourselves? I'm going to give you nine thoughts here. And there are others as well, but I'm just going to give you nine that you can consider. The first one is to put on the armor of God. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. We read these important words, and I think these really are important words. Again, we can easily forget about them. Ephesians 6. Let me see if I can find Ephesians. Here we go. 6. Let, let's start with... Um, Yeah, verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why do you have to do this? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. See, people are not your problem. They're not your enemy. But principalities, we're still against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore... Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand there having your waist girded with truth. So the first one is the belt of truth. In other words, speak the truth. Don't lie. Be honest with your taxes. Everyone said? Amen. Mm, it's fairly quiet. Be honest with the social welfare. Everyone said? Yeah, okay. Be honest with your finances. Be honest, in, be honest when people ask you questions and 
talk to you, you know, give them an honest answer. Put on the belt of truth. Of course, the belt of truth is also the word of God locked into our lives. And he said, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, that's we're righteous in Christ, but also live a righteous life. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We're not going to go into all of this, but let me give you one thought there. Peace in all relationships. Why don't you do a relationship check? We're going to do this later on. But are there any relations without order? Because that really opens the door for the enemy to come in and attack us. Then it says, above all, taking the shield of faith. So, you know, just have that faith up all the time. If something's going wrong, believe God. You know, trust God that he's going to help. He's going to get you through. You're going to be victorious. It's going to be okay. Have that shield of faith. I can get through this. I can win. I can overcome. It's an important thing to have, uh, which, with, which, you can able, which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take the helmet of salvation. Put the helmet on. The word of God, faith, um, you know, protecting your mind. Uh, the sword of the Spirit. Make sure you're a person of God's word and also praying always with all prayer and supplication. So, you know, you need to put, put on the armor of God. All of those, there's about seven or eight of them, but included in that is being a person of God's word, being a person of prayer. Friends, these are all the armor of God. They're given, why? Because you need them. Why? Because we're in a spiritual battle and we can't just fight with our natural abilities. We need God's armor. We need to put it on and wear it daily. Amen? And know, know the protection of the Lord in our lives. So later on, when we come to a time of prayer, we'll go through that, and you'll have an opportunity to just do a check on each of those areas. You know, have you got on the belt of truth and righteousness, peace? Are you in the Word? Are you in prayer? Those kind of things. Second key to protection is to be in relationship with others. As we said, the isolated sheep gets picked off. They say the banana off the bunch gets peeled. So stay on the bunch. Stay connected. Don't get peeled out. In other words, another way of putting it, join a small group. Be a part of a fellowship of people. One will put 1,000 to flight. Two will put 10,000 to flight. Listen, we need others more than we realize. God has made us to be interdependent not independent. The good old Kiwi is a very independent person. I'll do it my way. Friends, I tried that for many years. Let me tell you from experience, it does not work. You've got to do it God's way. You've got to be interdependent with other people. And you know, people who are very independent-minded are always in great danger of getting messed up and going in a wrong direction or being attacked by the enemy. Independence, we need to deal with it, an independent spirit. And some of you will know that that's you. And if it is, I want to encourage you to get it sorted out and learn interdependence. You know, one thing is good to almost say to yourself every day, boy, I so need those people around me. Why don't you try that? Man, I, I need those people. They, 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 they can so help me in my life. I need to seek their counsel. I need to seek their advice. I need to, you know, ask them, you know, in, in different situations. Don't, don't go that independent lifestyle and just make all your decisions on your own. No, no, we're interdependent. We add to one another. We help one another. It's gone very quiet in the house. I'll move on to the next point. Everyone say interdependent. Yeah, it's really very, very important. Okay, number three is be alert. 
Be alert. Be sober, be vigilant, 1 Peter 5, 8 says. In other words, be on your guard. Be on the lookout. Is the devil setting you up tonight? Is he? Have you asked that question? Is he setting you up with a wrong relationship? Is he setting you up with your heart straying, getting with the wrong crowd, looking at things you shouldn't be looking at or starting to? Is he setting you up at making decisions without seeking the counsel of the multitude around you? Multitude of counselors is where... You know, is he setting you up? You see, the friends, what I found over these, he knows where you're weak. And that's the way you've got to watch and guard yourself. So be alert. You know, ask, why don't you ask yourself this question? Is what you're struggling with today an attack of the enemy? Is it actually the enemy coming against you? It may not always be, but sometimes it is. We need to be discerning. Be alert. And then come against. You know, over my, my lifetime, many times, things have been happening in my life, been struggling, and I thought, hey, hold on a minute, this is the devil. And I've got up, and I've took my authority over the devil, and the next thing I'm known, it's gone. It's dealt with. It wasn't a natural thing. It was the enemy having a go at me. But sometimes it takes us a bit longer than it should to recognize what is actually going on. Sometimes when I'm starting to feel a bit low or, or not, you know, feeling a bit down, sometimes I realize it's actually just an oppression of the devil. So I rise up and I say, no, I come against you in the name of Jesus. Sure enough, sooner enough, some, often it just goes quite quickly. I've always said we put up with way too much. We don't have to. And the devil has a field day. James 4 verse 7, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So the point here again is what I've just been saying. We've got to resist the devil. If you want protection, you've got to resist him. There was a man who had a vision. And in this vision, he saw Jesus. He was delighted. And Jesus was talking away. And he thought, oh, this is fantastic. One-on-one -on -one with Jesus. But then he noticed there was a demon in between them making a lot of noise. And he couldn't hear what Jesus was saying. He was so frustrated. And he said, Jesus, won't you get rid of the demon? And Jesus said, no, I won't. He said, I've given you authority. You get rid of the demon. And if you don't, basically, you're not going to hear my voice. Sometimes we want Jesus, we want God to do it all for us. But friends, we've got to rise up. And you know, sometimes I think one of the main things, one of the big things God's doing in our lives is he's wanting us to train us in warfare. So things go wrong and things are happening all around us. And we think, man, this is so hard. I think God's wanting to train us to fight. To, to, you know, sheep, we said this morning, they just don't fight much. They just don't battle. They just, oh, well, another hard day at the office. Well, why don't you rise up, come against it in Jesus' name and see what the Lord will do. Number five, give no place to the devil. Ephesians 4.27, give no place to the devil. Do you know you can give the devil an open door? Say, hey, devil, come on in, buddy. How do you do that? With sin, with wrong attitudes, with unforgiveness, all those kinds of things that we know are not right. You know, watching things that we shouldn't watch, reading things we shouldn't read, going places we shouldn't go. It's like, hey, devil, <laughs> life's so easy for me. I just want to give you a bit of access into my life. So I'm going to do these dodgy things. Friends, don't go there. Give no place to the devil. Life's hard enough without giving him access to mess with your life. Number six, the blood of Jesus. Cover yourself, your family, your finances, every 
area of your life daily in the blood of Jesus. Exodus 12, 13, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So, you know, the blood protected the children of Israel. When the angel of death came through, when, when they saw the blood, he passed over. Blood protected them from the work of the enemy and the blood of Jesus. If you will apply it in your life over every area on a daily basis, God can protect you to a greater measure than maybe you've experienced in the past. Covering your blood, every area of your life. Even, you know, whenever I travel any distance, I always pray over our travel. I always pray over our property, our home, and all the rest of it. Cover it in the blood. Ask for angelic protection. Number seven is pray daily for protection. Okay, do it every day. Ask God to set his angels charge over you, over your property. Cover yourself, your family, your health, your finances, your relationships. I do this nearly virtually every day. Occasionally I may miss for some reason. I may be traveling or whatever. But I, the part of my slot, daily prayer, is praying for protection. And friends, if you will do that, I tell you, it's going to make a big difference in your life. Number eight, and then there's the one last one, do the will of God. Why do I say that? Why do the will of God? Well, because... God has set a number of our days. He's set a number of days of how long you've gone on the earth. And as we're fulfilling our call, God can protect us until we have finished our course. See, Paul died after he said, I've finished the race. Jesus died after he said, it is finished. John said he had finished his race as well, his finished his walk. And if we're doing the will of God, God can keep us alive until we have finished. Our course. That's why I will go to Pakistan. I will go to Egypt. I will do the will of God because I'm safe if I'm doing His will until my number is up. Psalm 4 verse 8, I'll both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Psalm 68 verse 20, to God, is, to God belong escapes from death. It's a good verse, isn't it? Finally, stay close to the shepherd. A shepherd always protects his sheep unless it has wandered off into danger. As God's sheep, we so need our shepherd. It's no wonder Psalm 23 is the most loved of all psalms, but the greatest challenge you and I face, got to stay close to the shepherd. Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The Lord is my shepherd. Amen.